What's up, bitches? And welcome back to the Sassy Spiritual Bitches Podcast. Hello, hello. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Michelle Henderson. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you so much. I am so excited about this conversation that we are about to have. Me too. Why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh my goodness. Okay. I'll do the short version because, you know, I am so old and all. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so what I will uh, do is begin about my spiritual journey. Um, I have been an educator for, oh gosh, over 30 years. And I really started my spiritual journey when I was younger. I could feel the energy. I knew I was a little bit different. And I was so sensitive. I'd come home from school, slam the door, go in my bedroom, slam the door again, and just cry all day. But it went until my 20s whenever I really um, had spirit contact me and said, okay, it's time for you (laughs) to really help the world and everything. But unfortunately, where I live in Texas, it is so uh, conservative. And so it was very difficult for me to even talk about it because I had a lot of friends that would say, oh, don't open that door. That is so scary. You're going to let the evil in. Mm -hmm. And so what I did, I didn't really shut the door. I kind of left a little bit open. And um, as a teacher, I would use my intuition helping the kids. And then right before COVID happened, I came out of the spiritual closet. I told my husband, I said, it is time for me to come out and work as a psychic medium. And, you know, he said, I support you totally. So I finally found out what it feels like to be your authentic self. Uh So it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. No, Isn't isn't that like the beauty of it? Like you have all these preconceived ideas of what will happen and almost none of it happens. It's almost the opposite. Absolutely. Cause a lot, yeah, a lot of my friends, they go, oh, we're not surprised. <laughs> I'm going, oh, what, why is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but they would say, and um, also came out accident, accidentally on my Facebook live on my personal page. And oh. so I was just talking. I thought I was on my business page and I started seeing all my friends' names And I went, oh, I am on my personal page. But what was so cool about that, I think Spirit had a reason for all that to happen, is I had a lot of my church friends say, how cool is that? I want a reading now. Wow. So you just never know. Wow. So cool. Yes. I love That's really cool. I love that. And we, and you know, we, that's what we talk about on this podcast often, like just you know, be yourself. And I mean, I like, I would say me personally, anyway, like I still have steps to take to really be fully, fully exposed, but it's definitely the goal, isn't it? Just to like, take up that authentic space. And it is so freeing, you know, once you, once I let it, you know, out of my speaking, my truth, I guess you could say, once I started speaking my truth, people, yeah. And the ones that really don't accept it, you know, I just know that they're not on my journey, that we're on two different separate journeys and no judgment for me. And I'm thinking that's perfectly, I mean, we're learning different things, but I, you know, it's spirit also has a way of bringing people to you with the same beliefs. And so during COVID, you know, I took as many psychic medium workshops as I could take. And I found, met so many people and a lot of them were in the same situation, had the exact same story, especially when they were children. 
And so that's kind of what geared me towards, you know what, I need to start working with intuitive children and their families. So what I want to know, did y'all have childhood experiences as well? Did you know that you were intuitive? Okay, Randy, you go first. You, okay. you have the stories. <laughs> I have lots of stories. Like there, there could be three hours of just my stories, but I mean, things like, you know, things, I, things would just happen or I would know when I was younger, I was really good at knowing when someone died before they, anyone told me, or, you know, I would see, uh, you know, spirits or I would just know things or I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. I could just do stuff. Right. But it was always chalked up to, you have a very good imagination, mm-hmm. of course. you know? Oh, sure. Sure. Honey, tap, tap on the head and off you go. And it's just your imagination. Now right. I know what was happening, but back then I'm like, Oh, I'm just an imaginative kid. Okay. Ha ha. And then, you know, laugh it off. Yeah. Chalk it up to nothing. And eventually it falls away, you know? So did those premonitions that you had about somebody dying before they passed away, did that scare you? I mean, was it kind of like, no, no, it was no. just, it was the knowing, you know, like okay. it was just, here's, a, here's two good examples. No, three. I have three really good examples of this. So my grandmother was sick in the hospital. My parents would go all the time to um, like for the day and they'd come home at night, you know, and one day they both walked in the door. Like there was nothing different. But they walked in and I just went, grandma died. And then they're like doing the big, we're going to sit you girls down. They sat down, my sister and I, and I kind of, I'm sure I shocked them. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, kind of like, and, you know, um, another time my uncle was sick. I wasn't super close to him or anything, but I woke up and I remember my dad was coming in the room and I was like, uncle's dead. Hey. And he's like, Yeah. And he just assumed that I heard the phone call and I, I didn't, you know, bother telling him anything else. And then another time, my friend, I was so excited. It was her birthday where it was a Friday. We we're going to go have this big sleepover and everything. And, you know, after school, I was like, I went home to pack my sleeping bag and I was just psyched. And all of a sudden I'm packing my bag and I look at her present and I look at the bag and I'm like, I'm not going to Carly's tonight. And the phone rang and it was her Mm. telling her grandpa died and that we're not gonna, you know, still come over for cake, but we're not going to do the thing. And I was like, yep, I already knew that, you know? Right. There's been more than that, but those were three ones that popped right off the, off the top. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and you're speaking and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I'm remembering my stories. I feel I can relate to Michelle about like the emotional piece. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, as far as I can remember, I wasn't super reactive, but I was very like observant. Like I would be super, you know, my mom maybe had postpartum depression and I remember like wanting, and I would have been before I was even in school, like I was four, three or four, like constantly sensing that. And like, how can I help? How can I help? And I would like bring her flowers and I would cut these and I'd remember saying to myself things like, you know, you might have had a nightmare, but your mom's like not okay. Like maybe you should just keep keep it to yourself. I remember being very like emotionally aware. And then I had one story, I think I might have been five, 
And I came around the corner in my house and I had this moment of awareness where I was like, what the heck am I doing in this little kid's body? Why am I on this random farm? Why am I a little girl? Like what happened? I almost like remembered my soul vision and I was like, what am I? And I was just very aware. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. And I remember just kind of continuing on um, with my childhood experience. And then I couldn't sense death. I could sense when energies were missing and it ended up being, I have two stories about pets though, but I, we had a cat and I wasn't really like friends with the cat. Really. I was like a busy, you know, just like, Oh, there's a cat. And I came inside um, the house one day and I was like, where's the cat? And everyone looked at me and they're like, why do you care? And later on that day, they had realized like he had gotten out of the house and he was getting kind of is getting beat up by other cats outside and everyone's like, how did you know that? And I was like, I don't know. I just like, you just say it. You don't really think you just kind of like let it come out. And then I had a dog once and she was really sick. And I could like tell when she was, when she died, I could tell that she wasn't there. It's like, I couldn't sense when they were there, but the absence of them was very obvious to me. So those are my main, my main memories. And then just very curious, like asking very deep questions about death and life and you know, what does this mean? And why are you saying that? Like very, very inquisitive. And I think my parents like didn't know what to do with that. And they were like, oh, she's asking a lot of existential questions and we can't answer them. (laughs) You know, and I I feel like that is a lot that goes on. The parents just, they don't really understand it, even though, you know, they themselves are intuitive, Mm -hmm. but they don't have that knowledge a lot of times because it's really not, it's beginning to get more and more mainstream. But until it does, I think I think your your story is exactly like a lot of us is that the parents really don't know what to do because my mother was very intuitive and we would talk about it. But as she got older, she became fearful of it Mm -hmm. and it wasn't as spiritual for her as it was for me. Um, She'll talk about it a little bit, but then she'll go, oh, but but, you know, (laughs) I don't know if that's really what it, then she's her ego gets in the way right and she starts questioning it yeah. and and so when when did you two decide I know I talked about my 20s you know having that spiritual awakening when did y'all decide to you know come out of the closet and start working as one I was forced into it I wouldn't have here's the thing there's no way in hell I would have ever done it except for uh, I was forced into it by, well, I'm assuming my spirit team, because mm-hmm. I ended up, I was working for the police for, oh God, 12 years, something like that. And ended up with a really bad case of PTSD and severe anxiety disorder and ended up having a breakdown. And it was like, I don't know, my experience with the whole mental health system and stuff was so different than anybody else who'd had that. And it was like, everyone else had this very positive experience I talked to, and I had a horrific experience and it was like horrendous. And they were trying to push me back to work. And they're like, basically they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. We wash our hands, like off you go. And I was like, no. And I just up and quit. And I was like, well, I don't have anything. And then I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) You know, but it was like, I, I, it was more of a survival thing. It was all I knew what to do. So here we are. So do do you feel like because you worked in such a difficult situations, do you feel like because you are an empath, did you bring all that in? 
You know what I'm saying? And then you had that mental breakdown is what you're talking about. Do you feel like you just brought in all that energy and sensitivity to yourself? It, no, it's a weird thing. It didn't feel like, like, it didn't feel like an empathic thing. Okay. But like, I knew what people were trying to say when they wouldn't say it. Mm. It's like they, I knew what they were thinking and I'm like, why are you lying to me? You know, like I would, you know, and I'd be like, you're not telling me the whole story. And I would keep asking questions, you know? So it was like, I knew what was going on in their head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was hard to, it got to the point now when I look back, I didn't understand what was happening, obviously then. But I, I look back now and I'm like, oh man, like, I don't even know if the stuff I put in the computer, they actually told me. Because like they told me in my head, they didn't tell me uh-huh. on the phone. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I, under- I understand completely. Yeah. Because sometimes you hear those thoughts that are not your thoughts, but it's their thoughts yeah. like telepathically. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. Cause I would, I would actually, when I worked with kids with autism, um, a lot of times I could hear their thoughts if they're nonverbal mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and I, I could calm them down without saying anything mm-hmm. and just also using my energy, but yeah. I, yes, no, I understand completely. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and yeah, for then for my story, I just, I was always very curious, right? That's right from the beginning. Like, what are we doing here? What is life? I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. So I'd always had dabbled in like, you know, there was reality. And then there was like, you know, the undertone of like spirituality or conspiracy. So I'd always been kind of messing around in that world of trying to place things together. And then I'd hit 27 and I like, right. If you're an astrologist, it's like right around your Saturn return where your life gets really chaotic. And, uh, I was just like, wow, I'm unhappy. And I started pursuing, like, you know, I tried hypnotherapy. I tried all these different things. And even though I was curious, I couldn't like verify. And you'll probably understand as a teacher as well. I couldn't find any verifiable information to say that this world is real. So I would always dismiss it. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. just my imagination. That's not what's really going on. And then I went and got hypnotized. And at the time I was like, I just made all that up. This is still <laughs> not true. But then after a few days, you're like, I better Google this. Like I better Google these events that I saw. And sure enough, some of the events I had seen while hypnotized were actually historic events that took place on this planet that I was not aware of. And I was like, oh, you can't make that up. And then that was my verifiable piece of evidence that like launched me into this world. And then you kind of spend a little bit of time figuring out like, what's my specialty? What do I do? And then spirit always delivers. And it ended up kind of like guiding me into the Akashic records. And it ended up just being like the perfect fit for what my gifts are or what I'm interested in. So that's how I decided. And it was COVID. I was doing it just on the side and then suddenly the world gets locked down and you're like, well, perfect time to just go all in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love hearing y'all stories because, you know, you're, you're so much younger than I am. And so I'm just kind of, I'm always curious about, you know, my generation, it, it was so much more difficult to get out there because, you know, it was really looked upon difficulty. Do y'all feel like with your generation, is it, do you think that people are more, more open to it now? Uh, well, when I was younger, uh, no, <laughs> not, <laughs> okay. not really. Um, 
now that I'm older, it's starting to, you can kind of see how it's getting more and more mainstream. But when I was younger, it was a lot of, well, people are going to think you're weird. Like, don't, don't talk about that. Don't blah, blah, blah. Don't tell anybody this, you know, it's, it's fine. You're telling, you know, your parents and stuff, but you know, my sister called me a weirdo all the time, you know, like it was very, not really, not oh. super acceptable. <laughs> but Kayla, of right. course, is like a lot younger than me. So I'm curious to know her answer. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I feel it wasn't as much resistance as I had expected. Like you said, um, I definitely lost. It's kind of like you said, it's like spirit has this way of bringing the right people to you because some of the old fall away but then you get plunked into this new place where there's a lot better connections. And even to this day, like my family has no idea, like my sister knows, but the rest of my family doesn't really know what I'm doing. And they think it's very bizarre. It's like, kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. Like, yes. we're happy for you, but we don't want to talk about it. But like collectively, like in my peers, I find there's a more general acceptance. But again, I've always been kind of dabbling with that line of what's real, what's not real. So I think certain people are just not surprised that I ended up here, but yeah, my family, no. But then just as a background, I grew up like a farm kid in a small rural community. So I don't know if that kind of gives you an idea, but not the most open of minds anyway, but it's definitely like people weren't just kind of, yeah, don't ask, don't tell is kind of the consensus where I think like, if I imagine, like, how was it for you? Was it kind of like, oh, we're going to boot you out of your community. We're going to ostracize you. Is it more like, almost like a, for me, it's like, just shut it down and ignore it. But for you, was it more of like a, almost an attack or? Um, uh, no, just, like just like what you said. It, it's like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, almost like people when they have family secrets, don't say anything to anybody. You know, we need to present, we need to be the social norm like everybody else. We don't need to be different. I mean, back in the, the 70s, it was not it was not cool to have red hair either. <laughs> and the fair skin. And because back then, it, you know, to be blonde and really uh, dark, you know, tan, tan, tan. Um, until of course she get cancer, but, but yeah, it was not, it was not cool to have red hair and, uh, and now it's really, you know, it's fun because you can do it multicolors or whatever now, yeah, but yeah. the social norm back then you were, you did not sway from that or you were considered, yeah, an outsider. So I guess a little bit of both. Yeah. So I feel like I didn't get the, I don't get the outsider perspective. It's just kind of like ignorance is bliss, but I can imagine like if you had that extra element, it would be, I don't know, that's very painful. We're all craving connection, right? So it's adds an extra layer, definitely, that I didn't have to experience, which is good. So, well, far, it, so far, anyway. Yeah. And I know, you know, when you're younger too, it seems like we're people pleasers, especially if you're an empath. So it's wanting to please everybody. And then, and then of course you get reached that point in time of your life and you're going, I don't really care. I don't give a damn what you think about me anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to show my authentic self and just live as I want to live. So anyone that's listening, you can get there. You just have to trust the process in where you're at and speak your truth. Absolutely. Yes. I felt that I, I was like really good in like high school and everything. Like I dressed how I wanted, 
nobody was dying their hair. I dyed my hair blue, orange, pink. Like I didn't care. I wore black nail polish to my private all girls school. My mom was horrified, you know, and she's like, you're going to get in trouble. I didn't care, but I started to care again when I hit my, well, again, I started to care for the first time when I hit my early twenties until like my late thirties. And then I was like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for you. You were a little rebel. It sounds like. I was just, I was very much just, I don't, I, I didn't understand the point of social norms. Like I was one of those kids where I'm like, why, why would I dress like that? Why do I have to brush my hair to go out in public? I don't care. Why does anybody else? I don't care if they brush their hair, you know, like it was very, I was very that kid. Like who cares? Like who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And then, you know, I was going to ask maybe Michelle, you can kind of weigh in on this because you have so much experience in education, but I, so Randy and I both grew up like pre-social media. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. have Facebook or like a a smartphone until I was like in university. Mm -hmm. So we skipped that phase, but I feel like in high school and elementary school, I grew up in a a small kind of isolated area though. I did have a lot of confidence to be myself. I also started caring a lot when I was in my early twenties and we start to go to work and we have like, you're, you're making like new connections. Where do you see people start to lose their sense of self or their own intuition? Do you have anything to like weigh in on that? Cause that's an interesting thing that. No, no. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. If they can't yeah. use it, do they lose it? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I thought. Okay. So my, my thought on that is you never lose it. You may not use it, but it is always there. And I think spirit has a way of bringing it forward when you need it, whenever there's, because a lot of people choose not to use it and that's okay, but I think it's always there and there's a reason for it whenever it comes forward and you've got need to listen to that. So if you're like getting in your car one day and you have that terrible feeling that knowing I don't need to get in my car and drive, listen to that intuition. And so I, I think, you know, and I guess we should say, don't ignore your intuition. You may not use it, but don't ignore it. Right. Love that. Yeah, that's good advice. Looking back at like my life, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a few times I really should have listened to that. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. I think we all do. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So for those out there, well, first, Hmm. let's start with this. How would you describe, like if somebody came to you and said, well, what do you mean by an intuitive child? What does that mean? How would you describe that to them? Oh, I love it. Cause it means so many different things. Okay. So an intuitive child is knowing they know things that are going on, just kind of like what we described here. There's a connection to the spiritual world that they can connect, especially when they're younger, they get to see those wonderful apparitions. Um, They can connect and get messages from the other world. Um, They have, you know, spirits that are not connected to them that sometimes they'll be uh, out in public that want to talk to them. So they are just in tune to this spiritual world. They may not be able to sleep at night because spirit's trying to talk to them. <laughs> they may be, as they get older, get more fearful of it. But do, being an intuitive child is just knowing more that what we see in this dimension. And they know that there's more to it and they can connect to the spiritual world in a nutshell. So would you caution parents? So if, you know, like, what are some signs? Like if you're a parent and you're like, I think my kid's onto something, like what could they look for? 
Oh, and that, you know, and that's a great question, especially when they're younger. And it's very interesting when I'm hearing stories more and more, the younger the child is, the more that they actually see an apparition. And I think because children are so concrete, they see, you know, spirit goes, oh, I need to show myself. Whereas you get older, you just know that the spirit is there. So if your, your child comes to you and they start saying, hey, I'm talking to somebody that you cannot see, it may be a grandfather. And, you know, we're talking quite a bit listen to your child. Don't think that it's an imaginary friend. Don't think that they're using their imagination. You know, that's when you bring out the pictures and, or say, tell me what this person looked like. And don't ever say a dead person because they're not dead. They're actually still living. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and then sometimes, again, at night, they can't sleep because they can, again, feel that energy or, you know, they have their grandparents or a loved one coming to visit during that time because it's nice and quiet and the child is not focused on anything else. Um, if they have an imaginary friend that they're talking to again, but in, in an empath, just like what we were talking, if they go to school and they can, you know, feel everybody else's emotion and they don't really understand, is that my emotion? Why am I feeling, you know, sad all the time? So just these little bitty nuggets Have that conversation with your child. If you feel like they're intuitive, don't be fearful. Just have that conversation. Oh, that's cool. Um, And I was going to ask you too, like, where do you think the fear lies in parents? You know, because I think, you know, you see them as soon as, you know, oh, there's a monster in my closet or I got this imaginary friend. There's always this like instant shutdown where, you know, where do you think that fear or that wanting to sort of smolder that kind of comes from in parents? I think we're programmed that way. You know, in TV and shows and movies, they don't help at all. (laughs) Because we're talking about demons and ghosts and everything else. And then, of course, if they're, you know, Christians or, you know, their uh, religious sector really does not believe in, you know, uh, connecting with the other side, then that fear is going to come in. And they're going to say, okay, that's not the person, you know, they always say, you don't know who you're actually talking to, you know, it may be an angel, uh, uh, an angel that has fallen and disguising themselves as somebody else. And so I think we're just programmed that way. But I think the more that we get to know that it's not anything to be afraid of. And there is a difference between, you know, I always tell it, a lot of people ask me if I ever see evil spirits or I'm afraid. And I always tell them, no, my energy is so much higher that I don't feel that, that negative energy. There's negative energy out there, but it's also the intention. If your intention is to see that you will see it. But if your intention is to see the lighter energy, and then you'll see that. Exactly. And if we think about even like the world of vibration and frequency, like you kind of have to, you have to be willing to dabble in that space because they can't, they can only access a lower dimension. So you kind of have to be willing to jump down there energetically to spend time, you know, whereas when you're up here, like they just can't, they can't reach you. It doesn't match. They can't fit. It's like trying to, yeah, like mix oil and water. It just doesn't ever take place. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Um, But yeah, and when I do mediumship, I know a lot of people, you know, again, say, 
are you sure that's my loved one? Or they start questioning, but once you bring, start bringing in that evidence and, and I tell them, I say, I have a conversation with your loved one. And, you know, they, they really tell me the information that you need to know at that time. Cause a lot, sometimes people are afraid of it. Yeah. And I really, um, like this kind of off tangent from the kids, but I was looking at your website and I love how, like, I think it's the most beautiful explanation. Like what is the difference between like psychic readings and mediumship readings? So do you want to share that? Cause I actually love how you describe it. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I wrote on the website. It says, um, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So whenever I do mediumship, what my purpose is really to, especially people who are grieving, I want to bring, you know, peace or whatever, but their loved one always has the main purpose is to bring a message to them. And this can be something about their life or, you know, letting go of something uh, like if they weren't there, whenever this person, that's number one thing, if they weren't there when they passed away you know, they're okay. They're good in heaven, you know, or wherever they are. So, uh, so mediumship, I really, I'm like a channel and I connect to their loved one. And so I get myself out of it. That's why I always like not knowing the person that I'm reading and I connect with a loved one on the other side directly. Okay. Now with psychic reading, I connect, it's a soul to soul connection. So I'm able to tap in to your aura and, and sometimes, and always, tell people sometimes your loved ones will come in as well because sometimes they're your spirit guide and so sometimes I'll hear messages from your spirit guides as well now with me I have a hard time knowing where the information is coming from and I feel like that's not what's important what's important is that you get the message that you need to receive but it's more about you whenever we do the psychic reading it's a soul-to-soul connection Yeah. I really, that was the part I really liked. Like when I'm reading for you, it's my soul to your soul. And then kind Mm -hmm. of when we're a medium, it's like, yeah, there's like a third energy present and we're passing messages along. And even though I've heard these terms a million times and you kind of know the difference, I've never actually like asked for that like definition. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Like, I really like that. I like how you were. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. And it's almost like mediumship is like a tea party. With the loved one, you know, you're kind of like connecting and kind of like what we're, what we're doing here. <sighs> That's such a good description. Yeah, so, I really like that. Getting back to parents and their kids for a second, I just want to ask, so like, what are some of the things that can happen if maybe the parent, um, I don't know, doesn't nurture these abilities in the child or just shuts them down? Like, do you find there's any adverse reactions or like what happens usually to the child or does it matter? What do you think? I think it really matters, you know, except for children like you, Randy, where you refuse to (laughs) follow the directions or want to talk to your parents, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know my own thing. No, it's true. It's true for Randy. I do. It's very true for me, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So I feel, you know, so I think there, if the parents don't nurture, I think there are some kids that will get through it and say the heck with it. I'm going to do what I want to, especially as I get older. But I think a lot of times more, especially as teenagers, we're exploring things. We're wanting to get information and sometimes we'll get information in the worst places. And when I say the worst places, I mean, you know, a cult of some kind and not all cults are the same. Okay. It's not that definition. It just means that if they find a cult where, you know, they're hurting themselves or, you know, doing something that's not, 
for the greater good for themselves, mm -hmm. then yes, the parent really needs to intervene. Um, but, but teenagers will, you know, find answers somehow. That's when, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on what you feel about the Ouija board. I was you know. just thinking about that. I was like, I meddled with the Ouija board and I shouldn't have, I was traumatized and scared for a long time after that. I had no I, problem with Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Randy? I'm sorry. I had no problem with Ouija boards. And say so some people don't. And, you know, again, it's your intention. I started, and, and I think too, if you don't have the knowledge of what you're doing, like I was exploring as well, and I, my dog started barking, you know, and I said, oh, the hell with it. I'm not going to even, you know, so I put the Ouija board away and then I got more knowledgeable and I'm thinking, you know what, I don't really need the Ouija board where some people still use it, you know, and they use it for the greater good. But as teenagers, you know, they just need to kind of dabble and then hopefully get on that journey, the correct journey. But parents can be so powerful because a 16 year old can do readings you know, why not? They can work at different stores. Why can't they do readings? But they really have to have a parent that really guides them in that way. So what are some yeah. of the things then parents can do to kind of nurture this or, you know, help their child progress? I love that. Uh, first of all, if you are not knowledgeable yourself as a parent, go seek out somebody who can help you and your child. Now, if they're teenagers, a lot of times they don't want to talk to adults, maybe a third party that's a psychic medium or a light worker. Um, or you can find other teens that have the same ability. And that really, it's almost like a support group. We are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. And I think just saying you are, this is absolutely normal. This is nothing weird. You are not going crazy. Let's see. This is a part of you. What, how can we do it to nurture it? I love That's that. Cool. And yeah. it's yeah. much easier. I find these days, like we said, we weren't there for social media. Like there was no way to know if there was other kids like us you know, I agree. Like you stumble across it, but it's, you know, you, you're, you never talk about it. Cause, oh man, <laughs> don't be that weird kid at the part, at the birthday party. Like, gosh, you know, I keep seeing ghost or something weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's that yeah. weird kid who thinks she sees ghosts, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I agree. Yeah. Social media is great. It is. And even just the internet, like, honestly, like I grew up on a farm, we had dial up forever. Like there was like, Google wasn't even a thing. You know, you couldn't just be like, what is this? Do other people see ghosts? Like, yeah, man, does it ever change the game when you can have that other world connection? So for parents, totally. it should be a lot easier to find that kind of material. Yeah. The resources. Yeah. So, and I was, oh, you go. Oh, sorry. One more question, kind of along these lines. So like, I mean, I do a lot of healings. I work on, I actually do work on quite a few children. I mean, usually if they're coming to me, their parents kind of already know things like that. But let's say, you know, I had a teenager walk in off the street and I'm like, whoa, this, this kid's got some really cool stuff happening. What's something that you can do to, you know, talk to either, you know, the child themselves or the family members? What are some ways that you can reach out to kind of be like, hey, did you know this? Oh, right. Absolutely. And, and really, if it is a minor that walks into a store like that, 
you really need to get permission from the parents, mm-hmm. you know, to pursue the conversation. But I would definitely talk to the child about, you know what, you've got some wonderful gifts. I can feel your energy. Go talk to mom and dad and see what we can do to help and try to get them, you know, to give me a call. And then that way, you know, you start a conversation. Now, if the parents, you know, are not, you know, willing to do that, that's, that's kind of a difficult, sticky situation. Mm -hmm. It's really hard because, because the child is still a minor. It's really hard to say, okay, why don't you come in at this time? You know, you still have to get the parents permission. Yeah. Right. And then like, so you, wrote a whole book about this, right? Like you have, you have a whole book about this. And I was curious because you come from education, like where, where did things start to kind of pick up for you where you're like, this is a, this is kind of an issue that I think I need to speak on. Like, where did this connection kind of begin? You know, and I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I look back and I think, you know what, Spirit gave me all the jobs that I was needing to write this book because I was a teacher and then I became an educational diagnostician, which means I uh, worked with special needs children and helped diagnose in the school system. And then I became a behavior analyst and then I became a psychic medium. So during COVID, because I took all of these wonderful classes, I it just kind of like, you know, these parents need a toolbox. They need something um, that they can use to know how to help nurture their children along the way if they're intuitive. And so I used all of the things that I learned in the beginning of, you know, because tuning into my abilities, um, used all the exercises, learned all the crystals. So what I did is as a teacher, I was able to get all these exercises that I learned as an adult and Um, adapted it for a child. So like yoga and meditation really helped me really increase my skills. And so, but you wouldn't do the same way with a child. There's different ways that you would do yoga and meditation. So you don't expect a child to sit there for 30 minutes if they're five years old. (laughs) So you got, you need to make it fun. And so what I did in, and it's like uh, during COVID, um, it all of a sudden came to me and said, I, you know, I knew exactly what needed to go into the book. It was almost like I, it was downloaded from spirit. You know, this is what needs to be in there. And so, and, and then I started talking to other psychic mediums. Well, how would it have helped you if you were a child? So I, I was able to get information like that. And I watched psychic kids as well. Um, on A&E and that, and that's going, oh, I got to write this book (laughs) and spirit really has brought me, uh, there's a parent on there that we've actually connected recently. And, uh, she told me that, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And her story was that she didn't realize that she was psychic medium until her child came out and and the psychic kids A&E came out and did a segment on him and helped him. And she said, that's just kind of opened the door. They gave me tools of the trade. And now she's wanting to help parents as well. So we're kind of helping each other. Well, I was going to ask, do you find, you know, that the parents usually have some sort of gifts themselves that they're not recognizing? Yes, absolutely. And and it's almost like when we think back in our childhood, I think Kayla, you were the one that got, that just sparked a memory. That's Mm -hmm. the same thing is you don't really think about it, but when you start 
listening to other people's situations and their experiences, you're going, I did the exact same thing. Yeah. So yes. Wow. That's very cool. And something I always hear, like if I'm working with a client and someone's like, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, I don't understand. I don't not happy in this box, but what do I do? The Mm -hmm. answer from like the spirit team or the Akashic records is always like, you have to be what you needed when you really needed help. And like hearing, you know, your upbringing and your story with your gifted mom that didn't necessarily nurture that. It's like the perfect like circle of healing. It's like, well, I've created what I wish my mom would have done for me or my parents or my community. Cause like, I think about what I do and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much doing what I wish I would have had when I was younger. And I think probably Randy too, like, could you, could you say that where you're like, oh, I wish my mom had this tool book. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not so much. I'm a little, I'm odd. We know this. Your, par- your family, <laughs> your family was a little bit more open-minded in some ways. Well, yeah, it's not so much for me. Like my mom was very interested in this stuff. But, you know, it's, I know it's because she had gifts. So it wouldn't be, I wish this was, you know, back then so much for me because subconsciously, of course, I knew what was going on and whatever, you know, but more so for her. So she could have recognized it in herself. Right. Right. And then in turn, we could have grown that together. I think would have been a very super cool experience. And that's whenever I talked to uh, Ellen, you know, whose son was on A&E, she said the same thing that because she, he even told her, you need to, you know, work on your spirit gifts with me. Wow. <laughs> and so they have that in common. And it's almost like the, the dad's gotten involved as well. So they've all worked on it. And I think that really makes the family unit stronger. Plus the child feels more, you know, um, supported. And, but I found it interesting in her situation, her son was saying, mom, you've got to do something about your gifts. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's Thank so, it's so brazen of him, but so cool. What a cool, cool little guy. Like, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So was there ever like a particular, like, did it kind of come to you as a download for this book or was there ever like a particular child or experience that you were just like, oh, like this needs to be addressed or I must share this. Or was there ever like a a particular instance in your life where you were like, yeah, this needs to be addressed. It wasn't really a a child because a lot of times they'll come across really strong and said, hey, this is my gift. I'm going to do it anyway. I think it's whenever I was taking classes with other psychic mediums Mm. and we would talk about, well, why are we, excuse me, why are we here today? And, you know, and I would start questioning, you know, or telling each other our own stories Mm -hmm. and because we all felt alone and I'm going, you know what, this needs to be addressed. I've worked with kids. I'm always a advocate for children and, you know, it just kind of sparked a memory and yeah. And then that's when I guess it was the perfect timing and then the download happened and I'm going, okay, I got to continue with this. Um, But, you know, it. And I had a wonderful editor. I found somebody who was in a metaphysical uh, world herself and was excellent in editing a book. And so it just, all these people came in to help me with it. So it wasn't just really me writing the book. I feel like it was really, you know, a team of us helping with this movement and having the conversation of how we can help our kids better whenever they are in tune or spiritual. Wow. And it's like, the perfect timing too, because I do feel like 
there's this new little wave of like very gifted, very sensitive children coming in. And like our, our old structures or systems are like increasingly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, what a perfect, what a perfect time, like you said, for like the perfect kind of nudge for parents. Cause I think people are even adults, like Randy and I were just talking earlier and I was like, do you feel like there's some very interesting people that you wouldn't expect starting to ask questions. And she's like, yeah, like there's just this, you know, this energy that's taking place on the planet. That's like making people think, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's very interesting. So it's like such a great time for a book like that. Yeah. It's perfect. And like so, you said, it works for the kids, you know, and the parents, which is yes, awesome. Exactly. So is there like, what are some common questions that you get asked? would you say like what are your top questions that parents ask you or even other you know clients or anything like that when it comes to you know recognizing either in children or their own abilities or what to do about it what would you say your main questions you get asked are um well they you know it's very interesting because I always say I'll talk about adults first and then I'll go to a child um but a lot of times they'll say I know I'm not crazy but things are happening to me and I'm I'm almost ready to you know tune in or do something with it and I always say find somebody a mentor that you can go to that can help you because you've you've got to talk about it because you know you talk through things you know and you need that support just like these children will need the support. So I always say, go find a mentor that you feel with the energy. It's almost like a soul to soul connection again. And then with the children, it's almost like a lot of parents are concerned because these kids are anxious or stressful or being stressed out a lot because they are feeling all of this energy. They're talking, you know, to spiritual world but they can't talk about it because sometimes they get bullied at school because of it. You know, they can't. So again, they've got to find somebody that they can talk to that have experienced the same thing. Excellent. Very true. That's very true. I know. And like, just, I think about, I keep relating everything that you're saying, like to my own experience Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. And I mean, I just, I just think like the reason that you're apprehensive to, yeah, share your gifts or talk to your parents about it is because it's kind of like that eyes glaze over like confusion that you get and you're like, Oh, and then you have to, you almost end up creating this barrier of like lack of self-confidence in those gifts when you don't have that receptive, Hey, we're Mm -hmm. the same, or it's okay. Because in my, like, I'm fairly, I would say my one thing I'm I acknowledge in myself is like I'm very courageous like I'll just do it anyway and see what happens so that's how I got here but if I didn't have that courage to just like see how it goes I don't know if I would have because you just feel so different and alone you know so that like communication like that is I like yeah that soul to soul connection is like definitely key as people mm-hmm. are developing like yeah I could see that even in my own story anyway <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, and I think that's the key. Um, 
that we again have those conversations. And I mean, like when I watch the the kids on A and E, and I'm going, "Oh my goodness!" You know, this is also what I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I think just having conversations and with your podcast, um, when y'all talk about different things and about shadow work and everything else, I think that is so important because oh. it educates the public. Yes. Yes. That's true. And that was kind of the intention behind the podcast is like, mm-hmm. man, I wish I had this to listen to when I was confused as to what the heck was going on and yeah. what the increase in, even with this spiritual kind of movement happening. So we think about the shows on TV, we think about social media, there is sometimes this illusion that everything's like easy and it's been awesome and there's no struggle, you know, because when I look on social media, it looks like everyone out there is just killing it and they're doing awesome. And I'm like, yeah. man, have I ever been on an up and down roller coaster? So that's literally like what we created the podcast yeah. for to be real about it because it's not yeah. always easy or fun. No, as it's I'm very, sure you know, <laughs> very up and down and sideways <laughs> and backwards and forwards and <laughs> it's a journey, but it's, it can be so fun. Mm-hmm. It's not unicorn days all the time. No, <laughs> that's yeah. what we call. It. But don't you don't you know? And I think we talked about this earlier too. That what we have experienced in our lifetime, it's like those are the clients that I get sitting across the table from me mm-hmm. that have had the same type of experiences. Um, because if like if you have gone through you know alcoholism or you've had a sister or a close friend pass away, those are going to be your clients that come to you and that need to be healed. And so I feel like, you know, we experience all these things so that we can help others like us. That's very true. Absolutely, I agree with that. Most definitely. So after COVID, what do you, you, are you a full-time psychic medium now? And this is your, this is your world. You just came in full floor, full force. (laughs) I love that question because like you said, it's like a roller coaster going up and down. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do and it, you know, and I've had to have a self-reflection moment this month. So the school system called me and they go, we're in desperate need. Can you come and work part-time for us? I'm going, oh, sure. You know, but you know, then I get tired when I get home and it's hard for me to do the spiritual business. So I finally have said, okay, I'm holding on for some reason to the school system. It's a familiar, familiarity, I guess you could say I'm familiar with it. And it's hard for me to cut the cord, Mm -hmm. but I am cutting the cord. I have one more week to work in the school system and then that will be it. So that way I can concentrate on the spiritual business. So little by little, and I think maybe there was a reason for it too, that I just worked part-time in the spiritual business. And so now it's getting to where I'm ready to get oh, out there. You. So it's full time. That's so exciting. Yeah. Amazing. So if people want to connect with you, do you do online connections as well? Or do you prefer in person? You know, it's very interesting because I can do ratings on zoom. And so I do it online. I also do, of course, psychic fears in the area. Um, but a majority of the time I'm online doing the ratings. That's the best part about this business. We can do it from anywhere and reach so far and wide. So that's amazing. Energy is energy. It doesn't matter where you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if people are interested to read your book or 
connect with you doing a reading because you also have an artistic talent, don't you as well? And you kind of <laughs> incorporate that into your readings. And I was like, dang, I got to do that. <laughs> yes. And, and it's very interesting because I started that because I was needing to, you know, concentrate on something else. And then it kind of, I, then I would just open the spirit automatically. Now I'm, I'm able to do that without the spirit art, but what I do, if I do a reading with somebody and I feel like they need the spirit art afterwards, I'll spend time after the reading and I'll do it so that I do a better job. Cause when you're trying to concentrate, you know, it's really hard to do something good artistically. I'm not an automatic. I have to still look at pictures. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. 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 That's very cool. So yeah. what are you usually drawing or channeling through that? Like, I'm just curious personally, to be honest, but I'm sure our listeners are too. Yeah. So it really depends. Now, if I do a psychic reading, a lot of times symbols will come, you know, like if their life is really slow, a turtle might come to mind. So I'll draw a turtle or colors. Like if there's a chakra color that they need to work on, like a red, like they need to be more grounded, I'll uh, do a lot of red or different symbols. So it just really depends. And I do a aura graph sometimes where I'll draw cards and also intuitively, and I draw different sections. And what an aura graph is, it's a circle. Okay. And, um, and then I just do different symbols inside. Oh, now cool. with mediumship, I do a likeness to whoever's coming through and they actually tell me what to draw. And one time I, this, this lady had blue eyes and I kept saying, and, and the granddaughter was going, my grandmother did not have blue eyes. And I said, okay, let me see why. So I, I questioned the grandma, why are you making me draw blue eyes? And I said, do you have a daughter with blue eyes? And she said, yes. I said, that's who she's referring to. She wants to recognize that she is connecting with your daughter. She didn't have blue eyes, but your daughter does. So you just never know what will come through. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I know I've seen that and I was like, wow, that's neat. That's a very yeah. cool thing. Yeah. So but, if people yeah. want to do a reading with you or connect with your book, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Since most of our listeners are... Well, they're, they're kind of all over, but because we're from Canada, there's lots oh, of Canadians right. and I'm sure right. they'd love to check you out. So how can they get in touch? Um, I always tell everybody, go to my website because everything's on there. So if you go to www.michellehendersonmedium.com. Okay, awesome. And we'll put that in the notes so people oh, can okay. find you if they listen to okay. the podcast. Yeah, but that's awesome because you're, and I was looking at your website and it's, yeah, very organized and laid out. And I'm like this, yeah, you definitely have teacher, you know, history in you because it's very easy, user-friendly. And I was like, yeah, this is very awesome. educational. It's like, this, this, yeah. this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow. I like, it. well, I can't take all the credit. <laughs> I mean, I gave, I had someone do that for me. And I actually gave them all the information, but she did a, I said, I think you're channeling me. She doesn't say that she's a psychic medium, but I'm going, you're channeling. I mean, yeah. So I can't say I can take the credit, but I did give her the information to put on there. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a great that. website. It's, it's a great, great job. Website. Thank you. And um, I guess like you know, before we sort of wrap up and do all that good stuff, is there any like final notes or hits or things you or takeaways from the book or what you want people to know? Um, just in general. We yeah, in general. Yeah. Well, in general, what I would tell them, okay, is as we're talking about, you know, having to come out of the closet 
don't do that. Just go ahead and be your authentic self. And you don't have to come out of the closet for anything. And, you know, and have the mindset that you're going to speak your truth. And don't be afraid of what others think of you. Just let yourself go and show your true colors. Mm, I love that. Always great. Always great advice. I love that. And it's it's crazy. It's if I could just add on that, like I'm just working on like cracking open some of those parts of myself too. And it is never as bad as you think people don't care. They love you for you, not this facade that you put on um, or you think you put on because most people see right through it. Yeah. And most people just aren't surprised. They're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course this makes total sense. Yeah. I love that. And then it opens up for real connections, right? Like would, Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree. Like, I know I can, the more real I've been, the more like amazing the connections have been. You actually find your like soul family or your soul connections. And, you know, I can't believe how not aligned my original kind of group was. Like I didn't feel comfortable or safe there. So when you start to just open up, you find those like Mm -hmm. those really, really sacred connections. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I have enjoyed the conversation. Well, we thank you so, so much for being here. This was amazing. Yeah. I learned so much. I like found that very fascinating and I am really, we're really grateful that you were on. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. And I enjoyed learning about you girls too. Oh, well, good. (laughs) We we entertain when we try. Oh yeah. Well, thank you all for being here with us today. We thank Michelle again, michellehendersonmedium.com. Go check her out. And we thank you all. And we'll talk to you very soon on the next episode. Bye.